say, I don't think it's a coincidence that our passage is all about the remnant and the survivors, because that's you guys right now. <laughs> Whatever time it is, 1.30, baby. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and I also have to say that the Lord has completely blown away this sermon that I wrote. The, he's moving too powerfully for me to stick to these words on this piece of paper, so please bear with me. Um, it might not be as... Yeah, it's going to be different from what I wrote down, because the Lord is moving, and I can't ignore that, so praise the Lord. And that's actually where I want to start. Do you guys realize we are living in this passage right now? We are living in the beauty of the branch of the Lord Jesus in his house, washed clean by his blood. We lived in that on Good Friday, and now we are safe. Under his altar, we sat earlier, we sat at his cross safe in his presence. So I just want to receive this taste of heaven with you all tonight. It's a gift, and it's, it's actually quite rare in our world to be sitting embodied in Scripture as we are right now. We are living this. It is alive to us tonight. Praise the Lord. And that's something that struck me as I was reading this passage in Isaiah. You know, you come to, I came to Isaiah thinking, prophecy. That's a rough one. It's kind of, it feels dead sometimes. It feels like it was pertinent to them, and maybe it's pertinent to the future and like the messianic kingdom. But what about now? What about me now? And then I read this passage, and I thought, yeah, I'm not sure how this is pertinent to me now. Well, the Lord just answered that in one way, because we are living it tonight. Um, and then as I've just been listening to the Spirit move tonight and watching him move, I've realized the reason this passage is pertinent to us tonight is it's, it's, it's the cross. It's the cross brought fresh to us again. And the cross is pertinent to the past, it's pertinent to the future, and it's pertinent right now. So that's why we're going to sit in Isaiah 4 and just receive what the Lord has for us there. And as I prayed over this passage, I've been praying over it for weeks now, the word that the Lord kept bringing up, there are two words, hope and holiness. And I started thinking about prophecy and how we often associate it with judgment and woe and shame and guilt because it's, you know, these prophets crying out to an unholy people. And that's a hard place to sit as a believer, to, to listen and receive that word of unholiness. And yet here at the heart of our passage tonight, it says that we are holy, does it not? Those in Jerusalem will be called holy. That's us, friends. Our names are written in the book of life, and this passage is about us tonight. And that word of holiness just pierces my heart because I long to be holy and I feel so unholy. I was laughing that I'm preaching at like whatever time it is because this is when my baby usually wakes up and it's my least holy time of my day because <laughs> I'm tired and I just want to sleep and yet there he is awake again needing me and the thoughts that go through my mind are anything but holy at that time. And yet here I am, standing before you, just calling us all to a place of holiness before the Lord. So, i got to get back to a little bit of what I wrote down here. I think the thing about holiness is that in the Old Testament, it's the word that shows how other God is, right? The prophets are saying, here is this holy God who has called you out and rescued you over and over again, and you are not like him. He is other than you. But here it says, we will be called holy. How is that possible? How can we be anything like a holy God? And this is where I love how the Lord is weaving, because it's that water of baptism, that rebirth moment that makes us holy, is it not? 
when we submit to the power of the cross and we die to ourselves. And I think of that word rebirth and I think of the most powerful moments in my life have been the birth of my three children. And it's that moment when they're finally born and you're holding them in your arms and they look like you. And that's what holiness is, friends. It's us looking like Jesus, like the holy God who made heaven and earth, who died on the cross for us. We get to look like him. What a gift, what a beautiful gift. And that's where Isaiah starts. He calls the branch of the Lord beautiful and glorious. And we get to inherit that beauty. And that, I love that because as a woman, that speaks to me. I want to feel beautiful. I think we all want to feel like when people look at us, they're glad to see us, they enjoy looking at us. And the Lord says that when we are his children, we are beautiful because he is beautiful and we look like him. My husband, his family has what I call the robin's cheeks, which are these like long cheeks that have little rosy spots at the bottom and they're so cute. <laughs> And all my children have them, and it gives me such joy. If you see my kids, like tomorrow, you'll notice these big, fat cheeks with like little rosy spots. And to me, it's that beauty when I look at them and my heart responds to it. That's the, the beauty that we receive from the Lord and looking like Him, the tenderness and the joy that He feels when He sees us and He sees His beauty reflected back to Him. I want you to receive that gift tonight. You are beautiful in the Lord's eyes. And you're beautiful not because you look like some idol that culture has placed out there of what you should look like. You are beautiful because you look like Jesus. And because you look like Jesus, you can set aside all the fake lies that have been poured over you about how you should look in your appearance, in your character, in the way that you live your life. We can set them aside. We put them at the cross and we leave them there. And instead, we just pursue looking like Jesus, like our beautiful creator. And then, of course, we receive that beauty, but we have to land at the cross. And in this passage says, the reason we are holy is because Jesus has cleansed us, right? He washes away the bloodstains. And I think part of that becoming holy has to be embracing that judgment that is necessary to be made clean. And that's not a popular word or an easy word, but it's a necessary word. This passage says there's a spirit of burning and judgment that's a part of becoming made clean. And the thing is, guys, when I talk about holiness, I don't mean that moralistic, like, right living. Again, I mean nothing less than looking like Jesus. So yes, yes to judgment. Yes to Jesus burning away anything in our lives that does not look like him, because why would we want it anyway? Why would you want to carry anything on yourself, any mark, any appearance that doesn't look like our Lord and Savior? So we can welcome the specifically Holy Spirit judgment, not earthly judgment, not sinful judgment, but the Holy Spirit's judgment when he brings it on us and when he burns away the things that are not of him. We say yes and amen. And we say yes and amen, of course, only by the power of the Holy Spirit, not in our own strength because we can't. It's too hard. So I would just invite you tonight to pray into saying yes to judgment. It's a hard word, but it's a necessary word. And I know in my own life, the most profound changes I've ever experienced are when I'm thrown into a situation that feels unjust and hard. 
but I receive the, what the Lord is trying to say to me in it, the judgment in it, when I say yes and don't fight back, such joy and freedom comes afterwards and such growth. And those are the moments when I know I look like Jesus, when I'm submitting myself to his judgment and his spirit. And I do want to say just to pay attention to the fact that it must be of the spirit. So again, this doesn't mean that you just go around and listen to everybody's criticisms of you or receive every word of criticism, like hard thing as of the Lord. It needs to be discerned by the spirit and brought forth by the spirit. But when it is of the spirit, praise the Lord, because then we look more like him. We're living that life of the cross that's so flipped according to the world's standards. We're in death and in vulnerability life springs forth. And then lastly, and again, I think this is being ministered to us powerfully tonight, the final image in this passage is of the Lord creating, just pouring out his presence, right? His smoke, cloud, fire, all these images of his presence, and a canopy over all of it, and a booth and a refuge. And I think that in the work of opening ourselves to holiness, It is so critically important that you do it from the place of living in the Lord's house and in his presence, never outside of it. Don't go out into the wilderness by yourself. (laughs) You will perish. Stay close to the Lord. Stay close to that cloud, that smoke, that flame. Retreat under the refuge that he provides. Because friends, we're not living in a vacuum. We are living with an enemy actively trying to draw us away from the Lord's presence and make us unholy. Satan wants nothing less than all of us to walk out shining with holiness into this broken, dark world. He wants to make us muddy and dark and hide what we have to give in the Lord. So we have to retreat to that place of shelter. We have to be moving and living in that place of safety where the Lord is protecting us and fighting for us, never in our own strength. Don't you want to look like Jesus? really want to look like Jesus. I really want to look like Jesus. And I can't wait until I'm living in the place when we're all in heaven and this passage is becoming real in an even more pure and beautiful way because we are sitting in the face, in the presence of our risen Lord. I just, I was weeping today during the vigil readings at the end when everybody was embracing each other and it was just like, Heaven is going to be so beautiful. And I think believing in the beauty of heaven and in the hope that it brings us is a part of the journey of holiness as well, because what we have here is not the end. It's not even, it's just barely the beginning. And this journey and embracing of holiness is just a foretaste of the utter joy and freedom we will have when we finally stand before Jesus and receive the fullnesses of our identity in him. I just want to finish by um, saying, you know, I was praying over this, and I kept thinking about my parents and how proud it makes me when people tell me I look like them or I act like them, because I'm really, I, I think they're amazing. They're missionaries, and they've been living in the Lord for decades, and it honors me to be told I look like them. But I thought, you know, that's not true for many of us, and I think for some of you here tonight, the brokenness of your earthly parents is stopping you from receiving the perfection of your heavenly father. And it's hard for you to imagine even wanting to look like Jesus because you really wish you didn't look like your earthly parents. And it's hard. You just, your identity is caught up in that battle. And so I just want to speak um, 
the freedom and the perfection of our Heavenly Father over you tonight. And that as we, we journey with the Holy Spirit, with the Lord, and open ourselves to becoming holy in our lives, that your Heavenly Father will not fail you. And also, he will not be distant. You can't look like Jesus if you don't know what he looks like. <laughs> it would be like if I tried to describe my husband to you by showing you a picture that my five-year-old drew of him. It'd be like a stick figure. You might catch that he's tall and has a beard, but that'd be about it. That's not the kind of picture we have of Jesus, friends. We have a real, living, Holy Spirit-filled picture of Jesus available to us every day through the sacraments, through his church, through his word, through his people. So if you feel like you're trying to live like a person you don't know, if you feel like being like Jesus is just impossible because you've never seen Jesus, I just, you're in the right place. <laughs> Jesus is available to you. One of the ways I think Jesus is available to us is through his creation. It's springtime. It's beautiful out there. It's been dead for a long time, and it's coming alive. Receive the Lord's beauty through his creation. When you see those daffodils blooming, that's the Lord giving of his beauty to you. When people love on you well, when you receive, live in community in a healthy way, receive that as from the Lord, Jesus reaching out to you. So friends, let us pursue holiness and let us savor this picture of heaven that we're sitting in tonight. Amen.